Welcome back to Jesus Today, the Spirit-Filled Life. I'm excited that you're here to join me again. Uh, let's get started with prayer. Dear Father, I just thank you so much for this day and for another opportunity I get to be a vessel for you, Lord, to be a mouthpiece for you, for the words of my mouth to be the words that are coming from your Spirit, Lord. Father, I pray that every word spoken today would be of an encouragement to those who hear it, that they be able to take those words and apply it to their own lives, but not but not in a way that depends on them to do the work, Lord. But I pray they take those things, bring them to you, and ask how you would have them apply those things to their life. Father, I just thank you so much that you are a God in the works, that you're continually moving on our behalf, even when we can't see you working, even when we can't feel like you're working, we know that you are. So I just praise you and thank you for the work that you're going to do for us today, that you're going to uplift us and strengthen us for the week ahead. I pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. So I was praying and I didn't really feel like there was one specific thing that the Lord was putting on my heart to say. So like every once in a while, it will be very hard for me to like know what it is that the Lord wants to say during the podcast. So I sit down and I'm just sitting in my chair and I'm praying and I'm seeking the Lord and I'm being quiet and I'm trying to hear his voice. I think so many times we're expected to perform. We're expected to be perfect. We're expected to just know right now. We're expected to know right now all the answers. And if we don't, people look at us like our relationship with God is not working right. I think we just need to give ourselves more grace and we need to slow down. I really feel like the Lord is just, he's just calling us. He's calling us to spend more time slowing down. And I think part of the reason why the Lord's not giving us these answers immediately the moment we ask that he wants us to sit and wait on him that's why he wants us to wait on him and i think it's because it's a calling to have relationship and i think just having us wait on him it calls us into a deeper relationship with him it requires us to depend on him. And I think it's just an opportunity to spend more time with him. That's really what it is. I think that he uses our circumstances. He uses the situation that we're currently in to say, hey, why don't you spend more time with me? And a lot of times it doesn't feel the way you want it to feel and you feel frustrated or concerned or worried or anxious, all these different feelings because you have this big problem. But I think the Lord, he wants us to, he wants to refresh us instead of being so caught up in whatever it is in front of us. When we come to him with those different things, we say, Lord, what is the answer? What am I supposed to do with it? And he turns around and he says, wait on me. And I think the immediate response after, and I feel like one of those responses is to just 
say, no, I can't wait. I have to figure out a solution right now. And I think when we do that, we rob ourselves of the opportunity to learn how to wait on the Lord, to practice endurance, to practice patience with the Lord. It really also teaches us how to trust the Lord. Because if you can't wait on the Lord, there is there's an in there's an inner conflict there where you're basically it's like a disbelief. And I have the same problem where I don't believe that if I would give my problem to the Lord and wait on him to fix it, that he'd be able to do it. And I really, I really, I'm praying that the Lord helps me with that because I want to trust the Lord. And I think that it's hard because I know I have reasons to trust him. There's never been a point in my life where he's let me down, where he's not fulfilled what he said he was going to do for me. And yet I still struggle to wait on the Lord to move for me. You know, I'm always wanting to do it in my own strength or in my own way. But like there's so many examples in scripture of people doing it in their way, in their time, that turned out terribly. I mean, if you just think about Saul, there was a time where Saul was supposed to make a sacrifice to the Lord, and he was supposed to wait on the prophet to make the sacrifice, and he didn't wait. And there were, I'm sure there were a lot of other things that led up to to the Lord being like, well, your kingdom is going to be taken away, because he didn't wait on the Lord. And what happened? Everything fell apart. And I think when we were faced with this situation and we feel like situation that we need to do something now, we think if we wait any time at all, whatever needs to happen is not going to happen. And the situation is going to blow up in our face. But I think the Lord is trying to teach us that even if it feels like the situation is going to blow up in your face, even if it feels like you have to do something right now, there's always time to bring it to him. There's always time to wait on him. And like, I think we have this misconception too, that waiting has to be a long driven out process that has to be years long. It doesn't. Waiting could be five minutes and it's re repositioning ourselves toward the Lord instead of our problem turning away from our problem and turning to the only one who can fix it, to the only one who has a good solution to fix it. But instead, we're so caught up in what's right in front of us that we completely miss the opportunity to talk to God, to bring it to God, to surrender it to God, to say, God, I need you. I can't do this. I can't fix this in my own strength. I'm completely incapable. And I think that the minute we do that, the minute we surrender it over to the Lord and say, God, I can't fix this. I need you to fix this. It's the minute he starts working. And I think that even if we were to try and pick it back up, you know, all we have to do is surrender it back to the Lord. And I feel like this has really been a theme recently of like the episodes of this podcast really the Lord is heavily emphasizing bringing things to Him, surrendering things to Him. 
And I think it's just because it's so important. And we forget that. You know, we forget that we don't have to struggle alone. For me, like really, I need to ask the Lord to help me see him as trustworthy. And I don't think the Lord has any problems with us asking him to prove himself trustworthy. And I think like, you know, so many times we make fun of some of the people in the Bible and not in a really degrading or mean way, but just like, why'd they do that? And two of the people that come to mind is Gideon. Gideon asked for a pretty big sign, two pretty big signs, for the fleece to be wet and the ground to be dry and the fleece to be dry and the ground to be wet. And I think that God would have been fine either way. He wouldn't have cared either way. He would have been willing to do the sign for Gideon like he did. And if Gideon just believed, he'd be willing to still work. You know, like there wouldn't have been a difference there. But I don't think God has a problem with us saying, prove it. I do believe that there is a blessing to those who just trust and have faith in the Lord, who just believe. They just believe that God's gonna do what he's gonna say he's gonna do, even if he doesn't prove himself. But I also believe that those people who are willing to believe without seeing, without him proving himself, he's already proven himself for them. I'm not sure what he did for them, but he's already proven himself to them. So they don't need more proving. The other person that came to mind was Thomas in the Bible. I feel like everyone, well, you know, maybe not you, maybe not some people, but a lot of people give Thomas a hard time for wanting to see Jesus after the resurrection. And I I don't know, I think it's kind of crazy. Almost all of the disciples saw him before Thomas did. And... And for some reason, we give Thomas the hard time. You know, like, I know that John and Peter saw the grave, and John believed, or at least we think it's John. Um, John believed that Jesus had risen, but it doesn't say that Peter believed. But then they saw him, and they believed. But then we have Thomas over here. He's like, I need to see, I need to feel it, to believe. There's nothing wrong with asking. There's nothing wrong with asking. We can always ask, Lord, show me your faithfulness. Show me that you're going to follow through with what you say you're going to do. And then I think on top of that, you know, when he does, when he does come through for you, because I know that he will, and maybe not in the way that you're expecting him to, when he comes through for you, write it down. Write down what he did and keep a journal and like, I know that so many people, that's their suggestion for everything, right? Whenever anything happens, keep a journal. Keep a journal for this. Keep a journal for that. Keep a journal for this. And I know that it's hard to keep up with it. But if you're struggling with believing God's faithfulness, you need to keep a record. You need to keep a record of God's faithfulness to you. So you can remind yourself. Because if you... If you're struggling with it, you need something to pick up and say, this is who my God is. And nothing can argue with this. 
this is his faithfulness to me. And there are going to be times where you ask, you say, Lord, prove your faithfulness to me. And there are going to be other times where the Lord wants you to remember. He wants you to look back at all those times that he was faithful to you. And he wants you to look at those times and say, wow, God, you were faithful to me. God, if you were faithful to me then, you'll be faithful to me now. And I believe that. I, some instances came to mind as I was saying that, you know, writing a journal. I actually, I started a journal a couple of days ago to kind of keep track of the, you know, the fulfilled promises, the fulfilled prayers, the times that the Lord just did things for me, miracles, kept me safe, all these different things that the Lord has done so I can be reminded of his faithfulness. And like, even just talking about it right now, I'm remembering things that the Lord did that I forgot. And I think sometimes we, there, there are things that we don't even count as being something that the Lord did, or we forget that he was a part of it, is like car crashes. And the first time was when I was like 16 years old and someone was turning left and they pulled out right in front of me. There was no stop signs for me, so there was an accident there. But when we looked at the car, there were only three scratches. And the other car was hugely indented. So like, I know that the Lord protected me in that. And there were other times where similar things happen. We're in these situations and our car gets hit or whatever happens. And the Lord just provides. He provides a new car, you know, whatever it is, he does the work to provide for us and he shows us his faithfulness through those moments but if we're not keeping track of that we tend to forget and the church that I've been going to recently one the worship pastor the other day he was talking about how these different things in our life when we write it down or we keep track of it they're like the altars in our life And recently I've been thinking about altars a lot. Putting something down to say, this is where God did something for me here. And a visual reminder. And someone asked the question like, oh, how how are we supposed to do this? Like make altars in our life? And he said, you know, these different things that the Lord has you do, you know, writing things down, creating poems, drawing things, painting things. These are your altars. So I think we have this opportunity to make an altar by writing it down. And then we can go back and look at it. And there were times in scripture where, let's say, Jacob. Jacob wrestled with an angel of the Lord and built an altar there. And he came back and saw that same altar again. And he was able to remember what happened there and that's the same with i'm pretty sure that abraham built altars and the israelites when they're traveling in the desert built altars and it's just when you come back to that spot and you see that physical that physical visual god works here god moved on our behalf here then you're able to remember you're able to be thankful to the Lord. And then it helps build your faith. It helps remind you that the Lord was here then, then he's gonna be here now. 
he's gonna move on my behalf again and so I think we need these visual reminders whatever it is for you if it's writing it down on a piece of paper if it's drawing something if it's painting something if you know is it writing a poem is it writing a song whatever it is for you and maybe you need to ask the Lord what do I need to do to be able to remember the places where you were faithful in my life what are the altars I need to build how do I need to build them ask the Lord what you're supposed to do and then just do it I don't know when you're supposed to look at that altar or go back to it but I think it's in the times where you need to know you need to know that God's gonna be faithful and right now in my life I feel like there's so there's just a myriad of things coming at me from every direction and trying to get me to focus on those things instead of on the Lord and one thing that I really struggle with is is not going to something else because I have this terrible tendency for the minute a problem arises or something I don't want to deal with something bothers me and immediately I go to games on my phone or like I do all these different things and it's it's funny because like recently the Lord has been drawing taking me away from things like YouTube and TV which I was watching like a lot of so now that I don't have those things I'm finding other things to avoid this whatever is in front of me instead of going to the Lord and if I went to the Lord and said, Lord, I don't know what to do. This problem is causing me anxiety. This problem is making me worried. This problem is making me frustrated, angry, whatever the emotion is. I said, Lord, I surrender it to you. You're the only one who can fix the problem. And you might have something for me to do. But until I know what it is you want me to do in this situation, I'm going to leave it in your hands. And I don't think we realize, and the enemy is lying to us, he thinks, he wants us to think that surrendering is losing, but it's not. We gain the greatest victories when we surrender. So in those moments, we have to put aside what the enemy is trying to get us to focus on, what the enemy wants us to think about, and we need to bring it to the Lord, because when we do, we are going to have more peace. And I know, I know that even when you surrender things to the Lord, the problem doesn't go away. The feeling doesn't go away. The fear doesn't necessarily go away. But the more that you bring it to the Lord and the more that you trust Him, the more peace you will have. You know why? Because the more you will trust the Lord, to fix your problems because you will have seen his faithfulness in your life. I want that in my life. I want to look at a problem no matter how terrible, no matter how worrying, concerning, frustrating it is. I want to be able to look at it and my immediate response is to take it, turn around, and give it to Jesus. And I'm not at that point yet, but I know that he's slowly drawing me to that. He doesn't want me to struggle through these different things that he could fix 
He could completely change the whole situation the minute I surrender it to him. But I need to trust him more. And in order to trust him more, I have to continue to ask him to help me have faith. I need to continue to ask him to help me see his faithfulness. And I need to go back to the times he was faithful. Look at those altars and say, God, if you were faithful then, you will be faithful now. So I pray that the Lord would help you find what it is that you need to do to help yourself in those times remember his faithfulness. And I also pray that you start surrendering those problems to him and you start seeking him as the solution instead of seeking something else. I just am so grateful that you were here to join me again today for another episode and I hope that you're able to come again next week for another episode. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you.